Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch and review and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I am Chris, and I am here once again with my friends Patrick. Hey. And Steven. Hey, guys. And we are here this week to talk about The Wretched, the 2020 box office sensation, now available on Netflix. But before we get to that, how you guys been doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm spooping hardcore. I've been watching so much shit for Halloween season, uh, which, let's see, will it be Halloween? Will Halloween have come and gone by the time this episode comes out? No, no it won't. No. Halloween's still coming up. Amazing. It has not ended. I, it's still coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a great segue, because since we last uh, mm-hmm. convened, I've watched both Halloween Kills, which I never saw in the first place, uh, and then also Halloween Ends, and oh boy, that was... That was an experience. Have we all seen that? I know Chris has. We've Did all seen see it. Yeah, we've okay. all seen them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess we can have a very brief conference about Halloween. Oh, we must. <laughs> I actually liked it. It wasn't great. Obviously, all the shoddy filmmaking uh, habits that are mm-hmm. present in the previous two installments are there in Halloween Ends. But I thought it was fresh and fun and different in an interesting way. I thought it was very interesting. And I I liked the the new touches they add. Michael Myers casting corruption spells on people and stuff. I thought that was fun. I understand <laughs> I'm probably in a minority of people who feel that way. But I liked it. I thought it was... Well, Chris, we've talked quite a bit about it. Um, or texted quite a bit about it. I think I... I like it a little better upon reflection and upon hearing your take and some other folks' takes, but I think I would have liked it better if it were just a standalone movie unrelated to a franchise about an aging final girl and who's finally found peace and then the killer comes back. Like, it just, it, I don't know, nothing fits into the Halloween mythos for me after the original film, but this just felt so absurdly over the top in the way that it tried to inject new blood into the franchise. And I mean, ultimately I kind of hated it because it doesn't even stay true to its title. We know Halloween doesn't end. I don't even think that's a spoiler. It does end. What? Oh no, there's going to be more Halloween, man. But there's no hint that, I mean, I I guess we're getting into spoilers, but there's no hint that I like, like, I mean, they dispose of him as thoroughly as possible and there's no like oh he's coming back like it's pretty definitive well his protege though i don't know i'm not he's dead he's dead i'm not convinced he's fully dead okay do you remember the late season x-file shit with the super soldiers where they had billy miles and they killed him and he ended up going into a garbage truck and getting liquefied basically and then they had all his bits and pieces spread out on a morgue table and then the one little alien implant started vibrating and then Next thing you know, he walked out of the, the morgue fully formed. No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's happened once and it can happen again. <laughs> well, uh, uh, my two cents hated it. Um, incredibly padded. This, incredi- this, this entire trilogy is incredibly padded. It's the worst planned, most unplanned major studio franchise series since those new Star Wars movies. They were just mm-hmm. making shit up as they went along and had at most 
like maybe two movies worth of actual story to tell. Yeah. And it's just these last two movies especially are just full of bullshit where they have to spin their wheels. They feel like they have to spin their wheels for an hour. Uh, Halloween Ends was completely perplexing to me. I hated it. But also, I fucking hate the franchise in general, so I'm not really the person to ask. The most offensive aspect of it for me was that it had the gall to invoke Halloween 3 right from the start with those opening credits. Like, yeah. what the fuck, man? Leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, the only good one. <laughs> I liked it a lot more than I liked Halloween Kills. I, Halloween Kills is, oh, yeah. is one of the worst in the franchise for me. Uh, on a positive note, though, uh, I did also watch Werewolf by Night. That was a really fun banger, maybe a little overlong, but super fun. Uh, nice little outlier for Marvel and very appropriate for the spoopy season. And also saw a smile in the theater. And you know what? Loved that, too. It, Jesus, it fucked me up. I, uh, that's an intense movie. It's a well put together movie. Enjoyed that a lot. I'm so curious to see that now that I know it's not like a Blumhouse ripoff, like teen movie, because I feel like that's for whatever reason, that's what I assumed it was from the initial trailer. And it sounds like it's not that at all Mm. Um, or that it's much more than that. So it has not been spoiled for me and I hope to keep it that way, but I think I'm going to check it out this week. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. What have you guys been watching besides Halloween ends? Well, I watched Jennifer's body for the first time. And that's the only thing that I've watched, actually. Well, that I want to talk about. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, too. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> the, I mean, there's so many smart things have been said about it. It's fun. It's actually kind of scary at times. It's hilarious at times. And it's totally not what you would expect from the way it was marketed. Like, I understand why people are writing dissertations about its gender politics now. I finally mm-hmm. get it. It was um, very, it's it very much in line with my sense of humor. Um, very reminiscent of Heather's, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. Uh, so, sort of reminiscent of Mean Girls to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. Um, movies that I just love and sort of the the the, the teenage teenage melodrama, dark comedy stuff. I'm a big fan. Um, and it hit all the right notes for me. Great film. I already bought it on Blu-ray. I watched it on like Wednesday night. The Blu-ray was here on Friday. <laughs> And it's loaded with special features. We got to watch it with one of those <laughs> commentary tracks. Yeah. I need to revisit that. I, I watched it a few years ago, and it didn't super turn the dial for me. But I'd like to check it out again. Yeah, go see it if you haven't. It's on Amazon, or you mm. can buy the Blu-ray. Excellent. Or rent it on iTunes or whatever else. I've been recommending it to everybody lately. You know, I do have one more thing that we share in common, Chris. We watched the new Hellraiser together. We didn't talk about that on the last step, did we? I don't think so. I don't really. There's not much for me to talk about with that. It was kind of an in one eye, out the other sort of movie, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually, most of it has faded from memory. Like, the scariest thing about it was what happened to your TV while we were watching it. I thought I was going fucking blind at times. Yeah, I mean, I guess now that you mention it. So, basically, the, the, the movie was so dark and low contrast that I guess it tricks my fancy OLED TV into thinking there was a static image on screen. So, mm-hmm. like, the p- pixel protection dimming effect came on, making the dark scenes even darker. And it actually happened in Halloween Ends, too. It's a much brighter film, but at the in the end of Halloween Ends, everything got pretty dark and not so dark that I thought there was a problem. But then, like, when another character came into their 
room. It lit up. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd been watching it like this the whole time. So I'm going to have to go on Amazon. I'm going to have to get the $8 service remote. I'm going to have to violate the warranty. I'm going to have to turn off the auto dimming. And then I can finally watch horror again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember at one point I turned to you and I was like, this is fucked up, man. Is this movie in black and white? It was so dark that it was it was just a black blob on the screen. Yeah. Um, but mediocre movie, I would say. Yeah. But 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 it it was fun enough. It was imaginative enough with the meat and potatoes, chains and and Cenobite stuff that um, it's fine. The Cenobites get a really cool redecoration. They're like the leather's gone now. They're all all of their sort of. Uh, permutations are flesh based and I kind of like that and the configuration stuff was kind of cool I guess all the different uh, ways that the box can make spooky shit happen that we haven't seen before it's alright did you see it Patrick? no I, I need to catch up with that finally I'm I'm intrigued even despite the kind of middling things I've heard about it mm. it's worth a watch well let's talk about something you have seen Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something I've seen twice, actually. The wretched in the past oh, month. You saw yeah. it twice. When did oh, in the past month? Yeah, we we watched it. I don't know a few weeks ago, and actually we got distracted by something, and weirdly didn't end up watching like the last ten minutes of it. So I, hmm. I guess I have watched you know like an hour and twenty minutes of it twice, and the final ten minutes just once in the past month. Mm. Okay, well, the wretched is a Michigan produced just like every horror movie on Netflix is a Michigan produced uh, horror movie that was made in 2019. It was picked up by IFC midnight. Haven't said that name in a while wow. on the show, yeah. but we used to, we used to watch IFC midnight jams all the time and picked up for distribution by IFC midnight. And then the pandemic happened at the start of 2020. And so instead of, I don't know if it would have gotten a theatrical release necessarily, um, but they basically were like, Oh shit. We're going to have to just put this out on VOD. But then IFC Midnight had the good idea to have a campaign to get it playing at drive-in theaters, Mm -hmm. which was successful. And so it became the number one film of 2020 because nothing else was playing and all the the traditional theaters were closed. And uh, Steven sent me uh, from Wikipedia, I guess it was on top of the box office for six straight weeks, which is the first time that's been done since Avatar. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> is that do you mean james cameron's avatar james cameron's avatar um this is not the wretched is not nearly as good of a movie as james cameron's avatar but um <laughs> it's got some things going for it it follows the story of a young boy he's 17 i guess he's not a young boy he's a young adult or adolescent uh his name's ben and he has a summer job working with his at his dad's marina up in Sutton's Bay, Michigan, which is in northern Michigan, on the, on your pinky finger if you're making the hand. Mm. And um he is, you know, got some of his own issues going on and basically he, it's him and his dad living in a house sort of secluded. He, he's got two neighbors, sort of a young couple and their baby and their like uh Moppet Jacob Tremblay aged son. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Jacob Tremblay does age, right? Well, <laughs> Chris reminded me last night. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Jacob Tremblay actually posted on Twitter yesterday. He was like, how it started. And it was like him as a Moppet. And it's like, how it's going. And it's like him like trying to be like a hot teen idol. <laughs> anyway, so the the neighbors, we see the neighbors go off into the woods. And the, the son discovers an entity in the woods. 
that seems to follow them home Mm -hmm. and it can assume it can put on the skin of its victims. And so our hero, Ben, in between all his duties at the marina and him trying to figure out his social scene and his relationship with his semi-estranged dad, is trying to figure out what's going on next door. Is there a goblin or a demon or a witch afoot? And what's it up to? That's basically the premise of the movie. It's very similar to Disturbia. Yes, I I I wrote that that down. And Fright Night. (laughs) A lot of Fright yeah. Night energy. Which, I mean, Disturbia is very similar to Rear Window, so I guess we should kind of connect the tissue all the way back to that. Well, sure, yeah, but it's 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 more similar to Disturbia than to Rear Window in that you have a, a teenager who's kind of yeah. under the thumb of his dad the whole movie, who's getting in trouble a lot mm-hmm. and looking out of his bedroom window with binoculars or what's going on in the cellar. He doesn't like the lady across the, across the way. Interesting stuff. It's an interesting movie because, you know, we talked about how, you know, the question of would this have just gone to VOD um, if not for COVID? And I don't know, I guess in in some ways that might seem to cast dispersions on the quality of it, um, which, you know, it's not a great film or whatever, but um, it is very good quality. Like, it's better than a lot of shit that I've seen in the theater, you know? It's pretty, it's, it, I think it's pretty clearly like low to, to middle budget, but it does yeah. well with its, with the resources that they had, I think. Yeah. Like, it does feel like a film that I could imagine seeing in a theater, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, I mean, I would say it would surprise me to see this in the theater, just the way the theater landscape is going. I feel like a lot of small pictures like this don't get a wide release, especially if they don't have a name actor attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just hard for me to imagine this playing in a theater today, but who knows? I don't know. We don't live in that reality. Um, but yeah, very, very kind of a quaint picture. I read it was made for approximately $66,000. Oh, wow. That's way less than I would have thought. Wow. Yes. And so it's kind of an inspirational story for those of us who want to make Pizza Face Killer movies someday. Mm-hmm. That for $66,000, you can make something that looks this good, has performances that are this good, mm-hmm. and then it can play drive ins and make, like, I think it made $2.5 million or something like that, $3 million, something like that. I mean, it didn't make Avatar money, but it certainly <laughs> made a return on its investment. 66000 Damn. I know. That's crazy. We, we could, we let's could, make we a could, fucking movie, guys. <laughs> let's yeah. do that. Put you Seriously. all down for twenty two grand. Max out your credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> do the old Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I guess that's that's something that I was impressed by because obviously we've watched a lot of low budget horror movies, mm-hmm. and I think most of them could stand to learn some things from this movie. This isn't, you know, the premise of this is nothing mind-blowing the plot the the situations nothing is that interesting or or different but it's all very well done and done with more care than pretty much any movie that we watch yeah it's, ch- I, it's level. charming i think is maybe a good way to describe it it's not super spooky scary it's not bad it's just, I don't know, it hits, a, it hits a nice sweet spot for me, especially compared to the, the Drek that we usually have to watch. It breathes a little bit. Mm. They spend more time with the characters than we usually see. There's no real scenes of people creeping around in the dark without purpose, which is sort of the go-to filler scene for some of these low-budget movies. <laughs> um, there's, spook- there's legitimately spooky things happening. 
There's a cryptid that is interesting. It's got some uh, pretty good special effects. Not a ton of special effects, but uh, they're used well, sparse, but they're used sparsely, but well. Apparently, the uh, directors, because it's directed by two brothers. What's the their Pierce name? Brothers. The Pierces? The Pierce brothers. Yeah. Apparently, their dad was an effects artist on Evil Dead. Hmm. And so they have childhood memories of going to the set of Evil Dead. Oh, wow. Which has sort of informed uh, their life and, and certainly the practical effects work in this movie. That's cool. Yeah, I was pleased to see some really cool practical stuff in this that actually gave me a little bit of a chill. I thought it was just going to go full CGI whenever it had to. I want to talk a little bit about the the prologue because it's the one thing about this movie that kind of, uh, I don't know, just strikes me as sort of odd and maybe a little um, extraneous. Yeah, I'm not sure. It never quite connects. I mean, I guess it's showing that this has been going on for 35 years, but it never really connects back to those specific characters at a later point. I guess it's only purpose is to show that this has been going on for at least 35 years, right? I mean, is there any other like connection back to that? No, I never it never addresses it again. Because we see a scene of a babysitter encountering the the cryptid eating a little kid, and then clearly goes on to eat her right at the beginning, and then it cuts to the present, and that's basically the only that's it for that reality. Well, not that reality, but that timeline or those characters, that family, even we never come back to. Yeah, and I read that that was actually added to the movie like after the fact hmm. like it was sort of an afterthought um huh. so maybe ifc midnight or something was like hey we need to start this off a little punchier mm. that tracks because it does take a while after that for things to get spooky not a super long time but i could see a studio coming in and saying all right we need to scare them right for the beginning because there's going to mm-hmm. be a little bit of a lull as things build up mm-hmm. or i always wonder because I know back in my day when I had like satellite dish and shit in the nineties and I don't know if the VOD landscape is still like this at all, but I remember you used to be able to watch like four or five minutes of a movie before you decide if you wanted to buy it. And so I wonder if the industry is still somewhat informed by that Um, Mm. or at least in, or at least if you're shopping it, although this, I assume the movie had been sold by the time this scene was added, but I know a lot of times uh, Robert Rodriguez said in his memoir, that you need to put like all your production value in the first five minutes, because if you show it to a distributor, that might be all they watch, <laughs> you know? Um, and which is why El Mariachi, if you remember, starts off with like uh-huh. this lavish, like like jail escape shootout. thing. <laughs> so I see that a lot in a lot of these movies, you know, they sort of front load with the, with the production value. Um, but mm. yeah, this scene, it has no connection to anything else. And frankly, like, again, you start, you start saying 35 years ago, Three days ago, I'm getting Veronica vibes. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, luckily you can put that out of your mind pretty much as soon as we get to the marina. Yeah, this is not cinematic malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like once you start to understand this wretched thing a bit more, it being around for 35 years, I'm not sure how much sense that makes. I'm not really sure what this wretched thing's MO is, mm-hmm. but it seems to me, I guess maybe it just puts on other forms and leaves the woods when it's hunting for food. Maybe I don't know. Um, but it seems to me like this, this, this wretched thing is either in the woods in it's little hidey hole, or it's like walking around like the thing, assuming the identities of people and animals. And it seems like if 35 years ago it had already assumed the identity of a, a, you know, a woman or a babysitter or what have you, why is it back in the woods? 
Well, maybe that's it's where it lives. Maybe it's like a cicada, and it just like goes into hibernation for a period of time, sort of like or sort of like Pennywise in it. Maybe that's what they're going for. Like, like every twenty-seven in years, files. Sure, hibernates for thirty years. I, I bet it does. Then he kills five <laughs> victims and hibernates again. Or, or like Michael Myers between Halloween kills and Halloween ends. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, who did? Who, if anyone, did the lead actor, the young boy, whatever his name is, Ben? Or no, is that the dad? Ben's the son. Ben's the son. Yeah. Who did he remind you of, if anybody? Um, do you want me to say Miles Teller? No, I don't. I because I don't have a specific actor in mind. He just really strongly reminded me of somebody. He looked really familiar, and I couldn't place. It. I know he, who you're talking about, and he's in Fear Street. He's in one of the Fear Street movies. He's even got a little oh. gap in his teeth. He's been in a bunch of shit, but I cannot think of his name. He reminded me of um, the guy in the the kid in Thirteen Reasons Why, mixed with a little bit of Miles mm. You oh, you know who he reminded me of. Kyle from 14 Cameras because he played him. <laughs> I don't remember who cut. Kyle was. <laughs> That's like one of his only other credits. I oh, wow. It's kind of wild. <laughs> okay. Huh. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, I think, reminds me of like kind of one of those generic, like, early 20s actors who plays teenagers in like teen movies, like mm-hmm. fucking Logan Lerman or like Dylan, Dylan O'Brien, I think. Uh, is the is another one that I'm thinking of, and he looks kind of like one of those guys, but I can't place who the one is that he reminds me of. He's well, good he though. Good. He's good. Yeah, yeah. he's good. He's, and I thought the good. teen stuff was handled very well. You see the teens kind of hanging out. They see a, a teen party, which is one of the more realistic teen parties I've seen mm-hmm. on film. <laughs> and um, I thought the like interactions between the kids seemed pretty naturalistic and stuff like that. Even when, even when you're exposition dumping and our hero's talking about how he broke his arm and his, you know, we find out he's like got some problems with addiction, which is one of the reasons that no one believes him when he's saying he sees monsters across the street. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that kind of came out, I thought was like, Oh yeah, I, I, I see people talking like that to, to each other as kids. Yeah. They're good. They're good at acting drunk in that scene, too, which is something that even adult actors struggle with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked the dad, too. The dad, um, I don't know, just came across well. I got a good sense of a character there. He gave me kind of um, Cal in Euphoria vibes, except obviously much less evil. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all all the characters are pretty distinct. Which, hey, when's the last time I saw... I don't remember the last time I saw a movie where the characters were distinct. (laughs) It's a dying art. Um, But yeah, you know, just simple things kind of done well. Did it make you want to go travel in in northern Michigan? Absolutely. It made me want to be there right now. I did not realize it took place in Sutton's Bay. I missed wherever it said that. So I knew that it was shot in Michigan just from... I heard an interview with the directors on like Michigan Radio during the pandemic and they mentioned um, lake michigan in the movie so i kind of oh, had they? a general idea mm. well i was trying to feel that out I was, so i was like all right so i know this was shot in michigan does it take place in michigan or is it just like generic coastal town whatever um and they don't really say but then i was i was keeping an eye out for it so i saw um on the back of one of the boats in the marina it said sutton's bay michigan could be a could be a boat from out of town but it looked pretty consistent with that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for those who don't live in Michigan, you should come, you know, you should, you should travel Northern Michigan. Was I anybody sad? I, I usually go there every summer and I didn't make it this year. Yeah. 
Everyone should go. I mean, so I mean the the geography of Michigan. Let me let me explain. <laughs> You've got you know Detroit and Metro Detroit, which is don't go there. Mega Megalopolis pavement, terrible. I don't like it. Don't then, go to Detroit. Don't tell tell people not to go to Detroit. Well, okay, but in terms of like scene scenery, it's like it's you got the city of Detroit, which is nice, and I'm I'm, I'm surprised at how much nicer it's getting every time I go there. Mm-hmm. Around Detroit, you have urban sprawl the worst type of urban sprawl i hate it you have miles and miles and miles of nothing but body shops stay away that's pretty accurate yeah (laughs) then between detroit and like you know where your second knuckle is when you make the hand that's all farm field don't go there (laughs) 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 it's farm field as far as the eye can see I, i do agree with that it's wretched and then you you make it to the top where your where your second knuckle is and your fingers, and it's the most beautiful natural setting in the United States. Not quite, not in the United wow. States, but it's it's it's, it's up it's, there. It's up there. The Sleeping Bear Dunes were ranked uh, what Good Morning America's most beautiful place in America, or something like that. Hmm. Beautiful sh- lake shore settings, beautiful woods. The Upper Peninsula is beautiful. Got some uh, uh, glacier landforms. Are you, are, are you well, auditioning to replace Tim Allen on the pure Michigan commercials, or what are you doing here? Well, well back when we N- had... Nestle, n- uh, let me audition. Nestled away near Sutton's Bay, Michigan, is a quiet forest where you might just find a sleepy witch who will go to your house and kill you and your family. <laughs> it's pure Michigan. Well, back in the day when we had the film tax credit, I mean, Michigan was a, not only because of that, but Michigan was a super, super popular place to shoot movies because... You don't have to travel far to find pretty much any kind of terrain you might want, you know? As long as it's flat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, I, mean, I never it doesn't make sense to make movies in Michigan because you only got like two months a year where the where the weather is stable. <laughs> yeah, if that. Well, if you're if you're shooting a movie that features multiple seasons, it's perfect. Come mm. out here in fucking October. It'll be snow one day. It'll be 75 the next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. We were literally what we've experienced for the past week. Yeah. Literally. yeah. That's no joke. Yeah. They shot this movie in spring. And so, like, I read the interview with the guy who plays the dad. And when they're out having, like, a cookout at night, he says 32 degrees. They're freezing their asses off. Wow. Mm. Through the screen, it looks like a summer night. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, I, you know, it seems like we all more or less liked this, but it also seems like we're spinning our wheels a little bit for things to say about it. I agree. And there is kind of a big twist in this, too, that'll be there fun is, to talk yeah. about in the spoiler room. There are a couple twists. Yeah. I mean, before we get to spoilers, we can say there's a couple twists. Neither of them worked for me, though, unfortunately. Well, we'll, we'll get into mm-hmm. it, but that was one of the low points of the movie for me. Mm. Uh, all right. So you want to review it? Yeah. All right. Well, you want to go first? Because it was me. your idea? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll give it a cue it, I guess. Um, it's, you know, like we've said, it's fine. It works just fine. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I don't have that much to say about it when it's all said and done. Um, good on them for making this so cheap and uh, having such a great success with it um, during the pandemic. But it's not something where I'm going to be like, full, you know, holy shit, you have to see this right now. Steven. Yeah, cue it. It's fine. You know, I kind of expected it to be trash. I have had a couple of friends who saw it at the drive-in that absolutely hated it. I mean, maybe they were 
just kind of expecting the kind of movie you used to see at the theater before we were in a pandemic and their expectations were maybe unnecessarily inflated, but it's for, for, for a low budget movie, I was actually quite impressed with it. Does everything in the script work for me? No, but I think it's an inspiring success story and I hope it inspires us to get off our asses and actually make some movies soon. Chris, what'd you think? I'm actually going to give it a view it. Um, I liked it quite a bit and it held my attention throughout and it's just a, it's a simple story, but it's just executed so well with such little money that I thought it was very enjoyable. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't even, that sounds like I'm like, I'm equivocating a little bit. It sounds like I'm saying, well, it's good for what they had, but I think this movie could go toe to toe with anything else we've watched on Netflix basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, just the, the the level of care put into the cinematography and the performances and the story. I thought the story was other than the twists that we'll get into. I thought that the story was solid and well-written and I was invested in the characters and their relationships to each other. And I thought the cryptid was very interesting. And I like, you know, it's just, I, I assume this is based on an actual, do we know if this is based on an actual cryptid from folklore based on a true story? <laughs> okay, it's based on a true story. So, but just uh, anytime you can introduce. No, I was kind joking. Of a- <laughs> I do have something to say on this. This did note, not though. actually yeah, happen. Yeah. Um, Patrick, you read Scott Snyder's Witches, right? Mm-hmm. Back in Long the day, time ago. the mythology and that that was he was trying to invent a new kind of witch mythology, and this is eerily close to it. Like hmm. I, I could see it. I could see a lawsuit you know, if he cared enough. Mm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's based on anything real, but it really reminded me of how everything works in that graphic novel. I want to reread that even down to like, there being kind of like a Warren under the tree and you know, the, the cryptid inhabiting people's bodies coming back every couple of decades. Good shit. I highly recommend that for Halloween reading, by the way. Yeah. I'm putting that on my reading list right now. But yeah, just, you know, it's just a fun, it's a simple folklore-esque, I would dare say, folk horror. There's some sticks. Oh, yeah. enough sticks for it to be folk horror? It's folk horror. There's sticks, there's symbols carved into wooden doors. And trees. It's folk horror, baby. It's folk horror. Uh, Just a simple story, done well. What more can you ask for on Netflix? That's the whole reason we watch these. You know, we're not looking, I'm not looking to find the next Insidious when I'm watching Netflix. I'm looking for a movie like this. So, view it. All right. Well... I guess we'll get ready to go down to the spoiler room, but if you want to check out the movie on your own before we tell you everything that happens in it, this is your chance to pause the podcast and go do that. Uh, or if you want to connect with us online, don't forget we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N cast. Uh, we're also at every horror movie on Netflix.com. You can send us a line, tell us what you thought of the movie, or if you want to talk about the movie, you can go to our Discord channel, which we've been having a lot of fun on. That link is in the show notes, uh, and we hope to see you in the chat rooms, as they used to say. Remember when when you didn't have Discord channels, you just had chat rooms? Yeah, yeah. that's how you wind up on fear.com. You'd go to yahoo.com chat rooms, and you'd <laughs> find like Netflix horror movie chat room. There'd be three people online. <laughs> two of them would be serial killers <laughs> <laughs> so right. pretty similar to our discord pretty similar to our discord all right well let's go off into the spoiler woods 
And in just a few seconds, we will spoil everything about The Wretched. Welcome back. We are down here in the spoiler tree, ready to spoil everything about the wretched. What the hell happens in this movie? Quite a lot. <laughs> There's a forgotten brother. Yeah, that's the big. Well, that's the big. Oh spoiler. my god! I all right. We'll get to that. That's. Listen, that we always do this in the, in the spoiler room where you're like, what happens? And I say the spoiler and you're like, well, wait, we're not there yet. <laughs> well, we really, we really haven't described any of the, the action of this, this movie, but basically the, the, the cool mom next door, she's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. Cause she likes she's to, a burning man. She mom. likes to, yeah. <laughs> she's a burner. She is a burner. <laughs> the kid, the kid says to his dad, he's like, mom, I'm afraid of mom. She's acting really scary. She's like a monster. And the dad's like, you should have seen her at burning man. <laughs> <laughs> Loved this mom though. I mean, like oh, I mean, yeah. be- before she gets possessed, huge crush on this mom. Yeah. Oh, even especially after she gets, possessed well this is, this is sure this is a cool very cool woman uh, well they're they're in the woods and and I, so here's my theory i don't i don't i think this is in the text so it's not even a theory but the the thing the thing deliberately assumed the flesh of a deer so it could yes so it could deliberately get hit by the family right that's what i assume yeah that would make sense yeah because the the thing the witch we come to find it's a witch or a hag. I don't know if the, it's PC to use the word hag. But. The, it's actually just called a wretch. A wretch, yeah, that's what the, the subtitles say. Oh, well, on Wikipedia, it's the slipskin hag. When he's oh. like looking at cryptids.com to try to figure out what he's dealing with, our hero. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Wikipedia, you mean? Wikipedia, yeah. Yeah. Um, of a wretch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway, so it comes to the house through the vessel of a deer. Um, and then comes out of the deer in the middle of the night it does a for lack of a better word it does a goat see <laughs> crawls out I haven't heard that in a while a um, what go go google it <laughs> yeah, definitely google it <laughs> um anyway the the thing comes out of the of the deer and uh uh, quickly assumes the mom and so you have this thing where it's like the the, the witch can possess wear, wear your skin around and be a witch can also use the dulcet tones of the witch voice to corrupt slash brainwash other people mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily the witch walking around their skin but they act in service of the witch so she quickly do- probably eats the sun i don't know Brain- well, they have a little baby and oh eats the baby right off the bat wait no does does she so she goes she goes to the crib baby gets she goes to the crib and the baby's gone it's a pile of sticks and then the wretch grabs her and climbs inside of her and then she kills her son yeah i think we're meant to assume it's taken the baby yeah I, i i was just saying the mom well, you see in wretch form does not eat the baby. You see the oh, mom. No. Well, you see the mom in wretch form going off to the tree line with the baby after the she's, mom has become the wretch. Oh, oh wait, she's right. carrying the baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the wretch kidnapped the baby, ate the mom or no, possessed the mom, 
mm-hmm. took the baby, saved the baby for later, walked off in the yeah. tree line with the baby, <laughs> ate the baby, the baby in the woods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Put I the baby in right. a little Tupperware. Heated it up a couple days later. Came home. The other son, the older son, the Jacob Tremblay son, is <laughs> afraid. He knows something's not right. No one believes him. I guess I mean, this is uh, this is also a Ty Simpkins aged. Yes, son. Ty Simpkins. Should, I Ty, think that's a, that's a better an- analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good analog. Which corrupts the husband, I think, eats the son, right? We never see that son again. Right. That son gets eaten off Dylan? screen. Uh-huh. Yes, Dylan. Dylan gets eaten, right? You don't see it, but... What else? You don't see it, but no, what he's dead. He's, gone. he's dead. And, yeah. He's dead and buried, as they say. <laughs> um, so corrupts the mind of the of the dead, and then we later find out because when all things come to a boil here, the dad who has spent the whole movie not believing his son Ben goes into the neighbor's house to find out what's going on, and he finds the corpses of these people mm-hmm. uh, of the of the dad next door. Anyway, that family's wiped out. They're off the, off the game. Then the witch possesses, quote, that bitch Ben's dad is sleeping with. <laughs> that's how she's described. Um, that's how he describes That's how Ben is. describes his... He's pissed off at his dad. Not quite Trying step-mom. to lash out. Yeah. 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 And so the, the not quite stepmom is now the hag. She... She gets stabbed, right? At what point? Yeah. At what point does the hag leave her body? Leave her body, or is there more than one hag? No, there's only one hag. Because sure. because she's possessing Sarah, the not quite stepmom. I think her name's Sarah. Ben yeah. stabs her with a kitchen knife, and she's like, "Ow, why are you doing that to me? I'm just Sarah." But then we kind of leave all that and we end up back in the woods where the hag is just in hag form. So maybe maybe when she was cut, she was leaking and was like, I need to find new flesh. And she climbed out. And she climbed back, back to out. Her little, but we don't her see little that. Warren under the tree. Yeah. Oh, I or maybe I, I feel like I feel like you're getting bogged down here. I'm getting bogged down. Actually, maybe that happens. Actually, you know I what? don't I, remember it. I'm I not think... sure if it actually matters. <laughs> Well, let me pull the, it up on Wikipedia, and I'll figure. There's it. also the spooky scene where the dad goes into the attic or whatever, and the hag is there. Yeah. So, and I think it's Sarah first, right, and then the hag. So I think I think that transformation happens there. Sorry, we're way off kilter. There's a forgotten brother. That's Long what story we're short, to. somehow in the climax of this movie, Ben looks at a family photo that we've seen ten times. Only this time, there's a brother in it. And there's like this. well, and we know she's been making people forget the 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 victims. Like once yeah. these people die or get disappeared or eaten by the hag, they forget that their loved ones forget they ever existed. So like once she eats Dylan, Ben is trying to be like tell he's trying to tell Dylan's dad like there's something wrong. Your son is missing, and Dad's like I don't have a son. What are you talking about, man? Which yeah. is which oh, is this- kind of a cool. I like that that like convention that it's it's a I don't know. I guess you don't see that that often, where the monster not only eats people, but also makes their loved ones forget they ever even existed. And it kind of adds to Ben's predicament as he's trying to unravel this mystery and get people to help him because no one can even like see or understand that it's happening. Yeah, I I don't know. In that scene, like yeah, we we do know that like the like after that we do learn that for sure that the that they forget about their kids. But I couldn't tell if the dad was just fucking with him. 
or not at first, like just trying to get him to like like go away, like stop stop stalking us. Or um, just we're fine. is it, it, it? There's a thin line between the dad being corrupted by the witch voice and also the dad actually having his memory wiped by the witch. You know? Right. Cause, cause we assume that the witch has just like corrupted him into like a witch accomplice, but then it seems like, Oh, he's just normal dad, but he has no memory of his sons. I, yeah, don't, I don't remember. In the end he did forget getting... it. Just in the moment it felt to me like maybe he's just pure evil and he's just like doing whatever he can to keep this kid out of his basement where the bodies are. Hmm. Doesn't matter. But yeah, the long story short, Ben finds this picture that we've seen so many times. Like now there's some other Moppet in it. And he's like, Oh, I had a brother this whole time, of course. And like Okay, so here's what I think <laughs> happens there. When the when the when the wretch is like in her in wretch form and she goes back underground, I think like the spell is sort of broken. Because Molly or what what's the girl's name that he works with? She remembers Mallory. that she has a little sister as well that she'd forgotten about. Correct? Did she forget Which, about her sister? I think so. Yeah. Because he's trying yeah. to like remind her that her sister oh, exists or right. has disappeared. Yeah, because yeah. she's like, remember she's like, watch me go down the slide and no one's paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. Ah. Or wait. No, I think that was a different... See, there's layers to this film. This is a great movie. It's a great film. These are great movies. It seems seems to have cast the same spell on us. (laughs) I literally just watched it. I feel like I'm going insane right now. (laughs) Interactive cinema. Well, yeah, because I feel like I'm going insane too. And it's like, oh, there's a there's a brother, and it does like you know a, a series of saw flashbacks to like all the clues that you're <laughs> supposed to pick up on. Yeah. that this kid has a brother, but n- none of the clues s- s- indicate that this kid has a brother. You could, you would not be able to figure that out. Like if if you if you were to go back and watch this movie, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Those are clues. They only make sense in the context of the big reveal, right? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like it's at pretty- the beginning, he's on the bus, and there's an old woman. Ben is on a bus, and there's an old woman who's like, oh, you're quite the little artist. And there's, like, something drawn on his cast. And he's, like, mildly confused for a minute. And then you realize later that his brother was actually sitting next to him, and she was talking to his brother, but he's forgotten. I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. I don't need Clearly, I guess maybe it doesn't really all fit together and hold up because we're having a hell of a time piecing together how this actually works but uh-huh. I, I did i did like the twist when it showed up even if it doesn't maybe make that much sense also until i saw the credits i thought that the brother was the same actor as dylan the neighbor boy mm. i was like really? oh did this guy project his brother onto they do look strikingly they similar. look very similar <laughs> yeah, i was and, a little confused and that too. would explain why like dylan was like in our hero's bedroom, like, you know, asking for help and stuff. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't really add up, but what? it's fine. Whatever. So that's the one twist. And then they go off into the woods and he goes down into the creepy lair and he saves his brother and he saves the girl who's the other girl's sister. And they come up and they burn the tree down and the hag comes out of the tree and she goes, Bleh, and then the dad <laughs> floors it and just smashes her with a truck well but first mallory throws a handful of salt in the witch's face that was fun i like that little sequence of events where like everything looks 
desperate like the the hag is is gonna win and then mallory has the uh ingenuity to throw salt in the witch's face to distract her and blind her for a moment and then and then cal from euphoria fucking rams her with his whatever because salt is bad for the witch like he's been doing he's been making the salt lines around salt like a dark song yeah it's full core this is full core (laughs) (laughs) if all right all right new new rule i'm bill maher now new rule if the movie involves sticks or salt it's fall full core (laughs) i mean mean, that's yeah 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 it's always been that way anyway (laughs) so there we go the hag is dead all the kids who are could be saved are saved epilogue kind of a meandering epilogue it's mm-hmm. ben's leaving for the summer um it's know, sad you know what it's sad it's sad we it's so cute go ahead go ahead Steven. oh i'm just you know especially because it's set in our home state you, you know that and that moment when like, like summer's over it's not really over he's going back home but they might never see each other again or at least not until next summer and it's so bittersweet and it just kind of re-injected that feeling into me all over again i'd gotten over it because we're firmly entrenched in fall now but it feels like summer this weekend and yeah i don't know i cried a little bit i'm not gonna lie nice i teared up nice wow. i, I didn't, didn't have that up. strong of an emotional response to it but i did really love the interaction between ben and and mallory that was a really nicely acted the little goodbye between them was very cute and awkward and all in all in i mean i say this it sounds like you know I, i'm complimenting a virtuosic like fucking paul thomas anderson shot but it is one take it's a two shot of them and there's just nice nice energy that just flows consistently between them and you know what it's got romantic movie writing that we just don't see anymore i love this shit uh mallory (laughs) and ben have had this like you know they've been coming together romance wise through the whole movie but never really realizing it and there's been all sorts of interference on the dynamic but it's a it's a believable relationship yeah yeah it's a believable relationship it's not like when you see the batman and at the end of the movie batman (laughs) and catwoman kiss but you're like why why did this happen (laughs) uh it's very very natural and then at the end it's like all right well you know don't forget about me. Have a good trip. You know, the, talk to me on MSN Messenger or whatever. <laughs> and she gives him a flower that she says, this is from Lily, which is her sister. And our hero, Ben, this fucking suave motherfucker says, this is from me. And he kisses her. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. Well, she kisses him on the cheek first, which is right. also extremely cute and adorable. Right, right. She kisses him on the cheek because she's afraid to kiss him on the lips and says, here, this is from Lily. And he says, this is from me and kisses her. And it's like, just that, that sort of elevated movie moment that you just don't see anymore, especially in a romantic relationship in a horror movie. I loved it. It's great. Good stuff. I liked it. I was, I thought I was watching Bogart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I would, I mean, I like this scene. I don't know if I would go as far as all that, but sure. Ben, I mean, he was smoking, he was chomping a, Ben's a better actor than Bogart. What? (laughs) What? No. (laughs) I was not, I mean, his, his performance is fine. I was not as enamored with it. Anyway, leave it there. And I'm, I'm happy, man, but no, can't leave it there. There's even more. I'm not a happy man. I'm not a happy man. Gotta have, gotta have the Freddy ending. Gotta Gotta have the Freddy Freddy ending. Our, our hero, and also, if you're going to give me the Freddy end, I guess the Freddy ending is known as the Freddy ending because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Neither does this one. Yeah, what? Okay, please explain this to me because I don't, I don't know what I watched. Here's what I think. 
They're, the wretches, the wretches in Mallory now. She's about to kill sure, some more kids. Sure, but what's the significance of the flower? Right, the flower being fake. They get because she the- would kill flowers if she went over the wretches around flowers, like they die. So. Yeah. Oh, so very it was an smart. artificial he, flower, which is why it was still fresh. He's riding home, and he he looks at the flower to contemplate it. He smells it, which I guess he's trying to smell it as if it's a real flower, and he realizes he can't. Also, though, I thought maybe he's smelling the wretch smell because we know the wretch has a smell because the the dad next door was like, "Oh, you, oh, babe, you need a shower." When the the hot mom was like wretch form watching TV. But wouldn't he have smelled it when he kissed her? Yes. Like if, if she was the wretch? Mm, Maybe I don't he just think... thought it was fish because they're on the docks. <laughs> I don't think the wretch has a smell. I think the mom was just like had been gutting deer and like running around in the woods and being all possessed. And so she hadn't. Okay. So the wretch has a neutral odor. Yeah. I don't think the wretch <laughs> in and of itself has. The wretch is hypoallergenic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, and then he realizes that the, it's a fake flower because we've seen the wretch. The wretch kills flowers anytime the wretch passes flowers. So then, I don't know if it seems like a stretch for Ben to see them be like, "Oh, fake flower. She must be a wretch." But it, it signals to us that maybe there's something to miss here. And then we see Mallory on a little rowboat with three kids, and the kids Staring are going to get at the eaten. Camera. Yeah, eaten and forgotten, and that's the end. Sad. Should have just cut. Don't have her stand at the camera. Show me Mallory on a rowboat with three eviscerated kids and her <laughs> mouth's full of blood. Yes. <laughs> or cut to black and we hear the mayhem begin, the screams and the splashing. Or just don't do it and end with them saying goodbye to each other on the dock and going home. Yeah, if you're if you're going to have a Freddy ending, I preferred the subtler approach personally. Yeah. That's your movie. That's your movie. The your Wretched. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not as wretched as the title would lead you to believe. Wow. Been sitting on that one for a while? No. Just no. thought of it. So what are we watching next? The, are you asking yourself? Yeah, I think it's I your turn. Yeah, it's I Patrick's am. turn to pick. Where are we watching next time, Patrick? I'm going to pick something that's been on my list for a very, very long time. Sweetheart. Uh, I have scrolled past this on Netflix a zillion times. Always catches my eye. Don't know what it's about, frankly, but appears to be led by a woman of color, which we really don't see all that often in these movies. So that alone intrigued me. Um, I don't have the description pulled up right now, actually. I guess we should do that. Is that a horror movie? (laughs) Yeah. Sweetheart. Never heard of it. Ooh, our 22 minutes. Sign me up. Oh, we love to see it. Do you have the description there, Stephen? Can you read it? Yeah, a shipwreck survivor on an uninhabited tropical island must fend off a malevolent force that surfaces each night. Mm-hmm. Sure, you've seen it before, but have you seen it led by a on woman of island? color? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's All next. Right. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, that'll be in two weeks. We'll be reviewing Sweetheart. Until then, like I said, check us out online. Talk to us on Discord. Tell us what you thought of The Wretched. And otherwise, uh, we'll catch you next time when we do Sweetheart. But until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. Goodbye. Goodbye.